Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 505 for Wednesday, the 24th of May, 2017. Nice to have you here. Tonight, we're going to learn how to protect our uh, USB flash drive or external USB drive from prying eyes by encrypting the volume using the Linux terminal. It's perfect for backup so that if someone ever walks away with your flash drive, you don't have to worry about the content on there. They're not going to be able to open it. Stick around. Sasha Dermatis, what have you got for us tonight? Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Mike, there, there we go. Dubai is, re- is replacing a sizable number of their police force with robots. Bell Canada has been hacked, resulting in a large data breach of customer info. Nokia's 3310 dumb phone has been rebooted and is on sale now. New research has found that Yahoo Mail has been leaking private email attachments for years. And what happens when artificial intelligence is allowed to name pink colors? Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Broadcaster. Tune in live every week on Roku, Kodi, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. Please help me welcome Sasha Dermatis. Hello. And back to the set is Jeff Weston. Jeff, how you been, my man? I've been good. I've been very busy with work. It seems that way. Yeah. It's been a while, but it's kept me away. I I think I've been gone for almost a month. Or over a month. Over a month. Yeah. Yep. Somebody's going to look it up and get back to you on that. That's right. Yeah, probably. Uh, Lichin has already said, uh, who's that guy next to Robbie? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm that forgettable. No. Are you kidding? <laughs> uh, no. No, I'm not. I run into people all the time. They're like, hey, have we met? And I'm like, five times. It's all good. So. Thanks for crushing my spirit, <gasps> Sasha. You're like, <laughs> you're my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's right. No, I've been good. Just uh, very, very busy with work and uh, living out of town. Uh, work has taken me out of town. Oh, so, really? Yeah, uh, I'm living out of hotels and stuff, and that's boy, why oh I boy. couldn't be here. Is I'm not even in the area. Thought about skyping in, but uh, you know, just nobody wants to see my ugly mug that often. <laughs> every week, just every week, every single week, <laughs> once a week. You should no get a cardboard no cutout of me. That's a good idea. Great idea. Let's start working on that. Yes. Uh, you brought something with you today. What? What do you got? I did. So. Uh, about a month and a half ago, we, uh, you and I... We, we got talking because we're doing Raspberry Pi stuff and yes. Maker series and all this fun stuff. Yes. And so I, I said, you know what? I really, really, really want to build an arcade. And I think, A full arcade. Yeah. We're not talking like table talk. We're talking a full oh, arcade. Oh, Yes. That's oh where I want to go. So, uh, so we kind of looked online. Okay. And... We've got. You the, got a bag of goodies. I have a bag of goodies. So Ooh. these are the buttons and the, the buttons. joystick for um, a. Um, oh my goodness! I am blanking. Arcade, uh, but <laughs> specifically, it's designed to hook up to a Raspberry Pi. So could we do like a retro Pi arcade console? That yes. Would be no. so amazing. Yes. Could you imagine? Yes, and it is specifically no designed. Way. 
as I'm dropping pieces. It is specifically okay, designed. Yeah. Because I see, I see where this is going. Okay. You've got, you've got the I've knob. I've got the bubble. Here we go. So you put this in your in your plywood or whatever with a yes. half inch hole, maybe a little bit bigger than that, I guess, to to make it hold together. It looks there like it's go. probably five eighths. Oh, look at this, folks! This is super cool. It totally works. So, was this from uh, from Gearbest? Cat Five TV slash Gearbest, Jeff? I believe it was. Yes, that's where you got it, eh? Uh, super. It sounds really cool. That's going to be amazing. Uh, I know. So, what's the plan? Do we and, have a plan? Uh, yeah, the plan is to build it. Ah, nice. Yeah, that's as far as I've gotten. <laughs> but uh, you know, got you've got a retro pie already. I have a retro pie. I will pick up another one. Um, but it comes with everything you need to get it hooked into nice. the pie. Arcade style buttons. Yes, and these are just like two pull um, buttons. So I mean, we can wire that into the GPIO easily enough. That's right. So so they have the connectors Does which go into the power board or anything, which goes into USB. We're gonna need a controller board. Uh, no, you program it through the pie. Wait a minute. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah, that's the buy. Ah, ah. It, it came with it. Yes. Is it like this? You bought this all in one kit? Yeah, it's one kit. Um, Sorry, I'm just ripping into your stuff here. I want to say it was oh, like yeah. 30 bucks. Like, Look at this. We're talking cheap. We've got a USB joystick controller board. So it is actually going to... You don't even have to go through the GPIO. We're going to go through a USB port. That's right. Nice. And then right into the pie. This is insane. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve headers. Twelve headers. Yep. There Plus is. Plus, we've got turbo mode, clear, There's... reset, and all the kind of normal stuff that you would expect <laughs> from a video arcade system. So, you're serious about I'm building a full size? Absolutely serious. I would just do a tabletop because I'm like, I want to be able to just pull it out anytime. But I mean, if you've got the space. Listen, go big or go home. Mm-hmm. I was looking at a bunch of plans online. Okay. And uh, it's very easy to do. I mean, yeah. it's just a matter of You're having the know-how to do it. Right. Your dream is going to be a reality. <laughs> Absolutely. It's happening. <laughs> I have always wanted to have a full-size arcade, and it's just never been in the budget. DIY if, if, with a Raspberry Pi yes. retro pie system like we've shown on the show. Yeah. I mean, you pick up a little 19-inch oh, monitor. I mean, if you want to have a bigger one, you can go with a 27-inch or something. You can get some cheap LED monitors sure. for 100 bucks. Right. So mm. you throw out your monitor, you get your pie for, you know, a couple of 10, uh, 10 oh, spots, then your wood, and that's it. I mean, if you want to decle it up and get real fancy, yeah. that's where you start adding in some extra costs. But if you don't mind a basic... I think you're going to want to vinyl the thing. Cause yeah, just plain, that's true. Plain but, yeah. plywood, and you don't want to paint it, because plywood doesn't paint very cleanly. No, it doesn't. Right? But to start off with, as long as I've got the shell... He's like, let's make it out of cardboard. Well, <laughs> it works. Actually, I was, I was thinking of... Um, no, there's... Um, can't think of what it's called. I want to say MDF, but it's not MDF board. Like but a it's a PC. It's, yeah, it's a type of plastic. Okay. It's really easy to work with. Super cheap, lightweight. PFC. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's called? PFC. No. PVC. P PVC. Somebody in the Might chat room PVC. will know. Anyway, but that's PBJ. <laughs> that's oh. right. It's gonna be made as a sandwich. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking Whatever, to do. You know. Put it all together. It's gonna be awesome. Yes. Oh, the foo wants us to put Spy Hunter on that thing. Oh my goodness! Oh, that Diamond. would be classic. Very I can, I cool. can almost, I can almost hear the theme song of Spy Hunter in my head. 
And I, I weep inside as I realize that I had taken my collector coins and put them in the Spy Hunter video game at the arcade. No! I did! Look, I was a kid. I didn't know the value of these coins. <sighs> oh. That's the problem with kids. <laughs> Right? Yes. Am I right? That sounds oh, right. Oh yeah. So that that's is, exciting, uh, man. That is the project. So I, I realized oh, I after, after the box showed up, I'm like, oh, I only bought one set. So right now I can't. How go am I going to go head to head with you, my friend? Well, just by default, you automatically lose. Oh. So all right. Because I bought it. Well, <laughs> Jeff's back. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's right. I am back. Oh, boy. But, oh boy. Uh, yeah, that's the deal. So I'm going to have to pick up another set, but then mm-hmm. it's just a matter of, uh, of building it. You're going to have to film yourself building this. We're going to do, like, a hyperlapse in 360 video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People cool. don't want to see, like, the blood splatter. And, oh, man. Are you good at... You've done some reno stuff in the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're good at this kind of thing? See, I would... Uh, well, I've, I would do I've done these pretty things. Pretty poor job, I think. Whether I'm good at it remains to be seen. Yeah. I do have a wall that has a six-inch warp in it. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I can assist with the soldering. Okay. I don't even think you need to. I'm getting... Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, these clips... These they're, clip they're right clip on. in. They're clipping. Then How your USB in you your eyes. Like this is no brainer. These clip onto the contr- into, onto the buttons and stuff. Like if you could buy the already Come pre-cut now. materials, it's simply a build-your-own kit, and I imagine it'd take you a couple hours. Tops. Right. A couple screws. Famous last words. We're gonna time this, folks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If you bought the pre-cut kit. Oh, okay. So I do that. No, no. I'm saying if you could. If you could. <laughs> Now you're putting ideas out there. This that is don't great. Exist. This is a million dollar idea. You should just create it. He's if, gonna he's gonna do it. I, I don't <laughs> do think you wanna I know would, what my million dollar idea make... was this no. week? What? I I always I pack my lunch and I eat it before breakfast. So I I'm I sorry, need, what? I'm waiting for it. Okay, I wake up at like four forty five. Okay. So and my lunch is like at noon, like most people. But I pack a lot of food because I work like ten or twelve hour days. Mm-hmm. And I eat constantly for the first two hours of my waking life. And then I have no food left. So I want to compartmentalize lunch break or lunch box that opens hourly different compartments. Like automatically? Automatically. Like it unlocks like only. Your meal is prepared for you, Mrs. Dermatis. It's snack time. You may not eat your lunch. You may only eat your snack. It'll shock you if you try to get into the berries. Yes. I think it would be more effective to take that to the next level. Right. And do some conditioning on top of that. Because if of you just have the tech that. do it for you and automatically open, <laughs> you become sloth-like and lazy and expect technology to do it for I you. I see what he's saying. But really, if you went down the premise of... I feel like Pavlovian, the Pavlovian theory is Pavlov's that I'm not... dog? Yeah. Yes. I'm not lazy as if I'm Pavlov's dog. I just salivate when I hear a bell. Fair enough. Okay. But why not take it to the level of the kids game operation? No. So if you... Make it a challenge? That's right. So if you go to open it and it's not the appropriate time... It buzzes you. Mm. Or even better, does it the buzz me version, and then I still get, get to eat though? Does nice. it buzz me and I get to eat? Or does it buzz me and I don't get to eat? No, no, it buzzes you so that you don't eat. Could you modify one of those dog barking collars that zaps the dog so that if you're chewing, it would zap you if it's not the right time? I, I think so. Could it be done? I can get a Sasha sized one. The problem is that I eat my entire like day's worth of food by lunchtime <laughs> and then I have to go out for lunch because yeah. I don't have any food. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway, that is not 
a million dollar idea, I guess, but yours is. We will do it. Hey, the shocking version? I was like, they make lunch boxes. Where's this going? <laughs> hey, NEMS 1.2.1 is out. Go over to my blog, baldnerd.com slash NEMS, N-E-M-S. And uh, it, it's an exciting release. It's the Nagios Enterprise Monitoring Server. So um, it actually gives you an opportunity to check on the status of all your computers on your corporate network or even your home network, make sure that it's still got enough hard drive space, see if the CPU load is too high, those kinds of things, if a hard drive has failed, and it will alert you as the administrator. And it runs on a Raspberry Pi. So awesome! So cool. So go on over to baldnerd.com slash NEMS. Other than needing the hardware, it's absolutely free. It's a free download, so check it out. Uh, also wanted to just say thank you to everyone who has supported Category 5 TV Network over the past little while. We've had a lot of surprise expenses and more to come as we're looking around the studio and some things are not working mm. quite the way they should. And uh, so we do have a couple of uh, un- unexpected expenses, I'll say, in addition to our monthly Right. And the months go by so quick. How is it the 24th? I know. Of May. Of May. (laughs) Of May. Wow. I knew it started with M. Uh, But, yeah, time is flying. It's like I just paid rent yesterday, and here we are. So thank you to everyone who supports us and is using our partner links. I mean, Jeff did it with this this arcade kit. Mm -hmm. Went to cat5.tv slash gearbest and picked up one of those. Mm -hmm. You can go to category5.tv, click on support uh, support us, and you'll see all the different ways that you you can support us or shop through our partners and things like that. It's pretty cool. Uh, last week, uh, we dove into the WannaCry Wanna ransomware. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that was a big deal. Still is a big deal, but fortunately, we didn't really see another evolution of it over the weekend from what I've been told. Um, but a, a few things have happened um, since then. Is there something up with the microphone? Am I reading that right? Or no, no. That? Somebody was wondering what your lightsaber was on your belt. Oh, seriously? <laughs> that's my microphone, folks. That's my microphone. <laughs> we don't go wireless here, so that's why we're so stationary. Okay. I wondered if it was pepper Make spray. Make me nervous. Case, as, I'm talking about, <laughs> as I'm talking about the things that have gone wrong, we've had two microphone cables go bad, and it's like when we're on the air, we don't know. So as soon as I see someone talking mic cables, I'm like, oh, uh-oh. Well, sorry to... Uh, Give you yeah, a throw me out. off, throw me <laughs> off. But you notice multitasking, right? Operating the, doing it all, doing it all. You're doing a great job, Thanks, Robbie. Sasha. Back to the story, though. <laughs> I mean, we all know about Wanna Cry at this point. You've seen the episode, episode number five hundred four. If you haven't yet, please check it out. We had some great industry leaders on the show to talk about uh, this threat and what it meant to, uh, to you know, malware in general. Mm-hmm. Where is this thing going? What is happening with the evolution of malware on the internet? And it's a big deal mm-hmm. because our antivirus doesn't stop it because it's not a virus, per se. We're stepping mm-hmm. into a whole new realm here. We've been seeing this evolution take place, but now we're at a point where it's wide scale, it's global, and we need to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. So how do we keep ourselves safe? First of all, what has happened since our interview last week with, uh, with our two guests? And we have seen uh, ESET release a tool that will tell you if your computer is susceptible to the eternal blue um, NSA exploit. Awesome. So this is the thing in Microsoft Windows that is allowing WannaCry to spread. Mm-hmm. The NSA uh, created the software to use to spy on individuals, and it was released to the general public, and so now hackers can use that code that was originally meant for the government to be able to monitor 
the goings on on your computer. Well, how do we know whether we're whether that's uh, an open backdoor on our computer now that it's an exploit that is being used in the wild? So, ESET has released that. Go to cat5.tv/eb check. You're going to be able to find out more information about that. EB check stands for uh, eternal blue check, of course. So uh, check that out. Download that if you're on Windows. But it does not tell you if you have... Just the ransomware. It's just no, you're if you're susceptible, yeah. This, this is yeah, if you okay. not even just WannaCry. This is an exploit in Microsoft Windows that WannaCry is actively utilizing oh, in okay. order to spread itself. Right. That's why Windows XP is mm-hmm. done because <laughs> it's been because, done for a while because people can't patch it. So you know they're not getting the regular updates and everything like you do on Windows 10 so if you have that problem which you do um it is not going to get fixed automatically so right. you are susceptible and that's why Windows XP hospitals and things like that are getting hit really really hard that's why mm-hmm. uh Russia is getting hit really really hard because there's a lot of XP still in operation there's a lot of uh pirated versions of Microsoft Windows and so they are not getting those updates mm-hmm. so along that vein we've got some great news from Microsoft, and this comes as a bit of a surprise. Right. Microsoft has, in fact, released the patches to the public for legacy operating systems. Wow. So if you're on Windows XP, if you have mm-hmm. an XP system, if you've got uh, Windows Server 2003 or some other old operating system from Microsoft that is generally not receiving updates because it's end of life or beyond, Right. Microsoft has realized, hey, this is a serious enough concern. We need to release these patches for free to the public. So you can head on over to cat5.tv slash WC patch. And that, of course, is... Uh, That's incredible. Wanna cry patch. Good. If you want to think about it, you know, where, where I came up with the URL. So cat5.tv slash WC patch is for your legacy Microsoft Windows stuff. Keep in mind, uh, Linux systems are not susceptible to the WannaCry threat in and of itself. However, if you have a Linux server or Linux computers on your network and you bring a Windows machine that is susceptible to that threat into your network, now it can get into that computer and it can propagate all your network shares. So right. it, can, it can damage the files that are housed on a Linux server or Linux computer mm-hmm. if you have Windows machines that are susceptible to this threat. Okay, so that's a very serious thing. We've got to keep that in mind. Uh, Can we look back at the episode where I made an analogy about automobiles and the warranty? Right. And C-128D really called me on the fact that, Mm -hmm. well, you didn't explain that very well. And you right. know, it, was, it was something as a live broadcast and certainly a live interview. We come up with things and we discuss things and we talk about things and we don't always think to stop, explain it in greater detail. Um, Sasha, could you read C-128D's uh, message for us? And then I'm going to read my, uh, my response to that as well, okay. just to clarify things for you. So here we go. The analogy of outdated operating systems to out-of-warranty automobiles is completely bogus. Out-of-warranty and out-of-support are two completely different scenarios. A 20-year-old Ford Taurus is out-of-warranty but is fully supported and properly maintained absolutely no risk to the driver. I worked in the auto industry for over 40 years, started when I was six. <laughs> wow, so that's awesome. I, so I have a better idea about that than a lot of computer people. 
Um, third party vendors are still making parts for older vehicles. I've seen them for vehicles that were made nearly 100 years ago that meet or even exceed OEM specs. Haynes, Shelton, Motor, and others make complete repair manuals, some even containing full electrical schematics. And certified diagnostic programs and hardware are readily available for just about any vehicle you can imagine. That makes maintaining an old vehicle reliably and safely relatively easy and cost effective. The exact opposite is true with computer software especially and OS. It's extremely rare that a third party can even come up with a reliable and safe patch for an out of support OS. Okay. And Robbie. So I appreciate um, your feedback, C128D and anyone else who had the thought. Um, and my comparison was not really meant for the cars. I was trying to give an example of Microsoft Windows and their approach, mm -hmm. Microsoft's approach to the deprecation of Windows XP. So if I may, I'm just going to read my response for those who uh, are thinking the same thing or want to know how I responded to that. I said, fair point, C128D, allow me to explain my intended meaning behind the analogy. My intent was to express that we perhaps should evaluate whether it is correct to put blame or even place expectations on Microsoft. To further your 20-year-old Ford Taurus point, what we're dealing with here is different. And the analogy was not intended to be a one-to-one -one comparison to vehicles. Imagine this instead. Here's a scenario, okay? Ford recalled every single replacement part for the 20-year-old Ford Taurus model. They made a big deal three or four years ago saying, do not drive a 20-year-old Ford Taurus. It is not safe. We have deemed it unsafe. We will no longer support it. And we will even give you a brand new shiny Ford for free so that you will stop driving your old unsafe one. We must then imagine it's the driver's fault if they say, no, my old Taurus just runs and runs. I refuse to upgrade. Now, this is a closer mirror to Microsoft's position with regards to XP. So I do not feel that my analogy is bogus, as you say, but perhaps could have used more explanation. And there it is. So I hope that that brings some clarity to uh, right. you know, why I was using that particular analogy with regards to warranty uh, and automobiles. And uh, I hope that that... Shed some point. light on it. So, you know, comment below. We welcome you to comment below. Uh, share your thoughts, uh, and uh, make sure that you uh, also, you know, if you if you're not um, subscribed uh, with an account on YouTube, you can also go to our website, Category5.tv. Click on Contact Us. Send us an email. However you like to do it, we'd love to hear from you. We have an exciting feature tonight. We're going to be learning how to encrypt an external hard drive. You know, with this whole mm -hmm. thing about ransomware we're thinking about our backups but we don't want our backups to be stolen right right if we're right. transferring it and somebody takes our drive what happens to that data we don't want them to have access to it like they were yahoo mail or something like that <laughs> so we're going to teach you how to encrypt that external drive before you uh before you start loading your data onto it but we've got to take a really quick break and we're going to be right back after this now here's another great way you can support the shows you love from the Category5.tv network by shopping at GearBest. That's right, Jeff. Uh, Cat5.tv slash GearBest. It's an online store for the geek streak in you. Or the loved ones. Well, of course. I mean, especially your loved ones, right? Uh, because Cat5.tv slash GearBest, quite frankly, has all of the greatest tech gifts 
that you could ever hope for at rock bottom prices. Do they have cell phones? You betcha. Cat5.tv slash GearBest has a wide assortment of unlocked Android cell phones and tablets. What about compute? Uh consumer electronics those make a great gift absolutely from high-tech watches to action cameras headphones even virtual reality headsets cat5.tv slash gearbest has you covered they literally have it all jeff literally really it's like a superstore right from the comfort of your own chair at your computer through the interweb yeah, I, there's no way they have it all. It's true. It's just a bunch of ele- uh, random electronics. Test me. Um, what about clothes? Yep. Both men and women, fashionable apparel at rock bottom, super duper prices. Kind of like this. Well, look at this coat. What do you think? It's a slimming mock leather jacket. I love it. It's available for less than $30 plus free shipping at cat5.tv slash gear best. All right. You kind of got me there. Wow. Any other questions for me, Jeff? Uh, now that the winter has passed, flying season. Do they have any good deals on, say, drone copters? Oh, my goodness. Well, check this out. Dude, they have everything. Check out over 500 various drones. And not only that, they're available marked down by about 30 to up to 63% off the regular price. Love it. What's the website again? Well, you're going to find GearBest on our partners' pages for any of your favorite Category 5 TV shows like New Every Day, Category 5 Technology TV, The Pixel Shadow. Uh, But, of course, if you want to shop absolutely right now and you want to go straight to the site, all you have to do is visit cat5.tv slash GearBest. See, that's easy. cat5.tv slash GearBest. That's right. Happy shopping. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and it's episode number 505. Nice to have you here. And tonight, we are looking at how to encrypt an external or removable device so that if you've put your personal files on it as a backup, you don't have to worry if someone steals it or something. Obviously, you want to have redundancy, but I'm talking about the privacy aspect here, and that's it. We're talking about them plugging it into their computer and being able to access your private files. We want to do away with that by using encryption. We're going to be doing it entirely through the Linux terminal. So for tonight's demonstration, I've got simply this. Okay. It's a Kingston Data Traveler 16 gigabyte USB flash drive. Right. Hey, I mean, it works. You want to throw some files on it and keep a backup of those needed files? First of all, what's a backup? A backup is redundant copies. Mm-hmm of your stuff. Right. I've got a bunch of nice pictures of my kids on my computer. They are not backed up if I move them to this. Right. Because this is now the only copy. But they are backed up if you move them to two of those. Right? Yeah, but preferably, let's copy them. Let's make redundant copies so that if this one gets destroyed or lost or stolen or whatever and they fail, you know, USB flash drives, they fail after Mm -hmm. so much use. So um, making sure that you have redundancy and copies and something off-site so that if there's a fire or something like that, um, they're gone. Don't leave these things plugged into your system because then if you get hit by a power surge and your computer gets shot, guess what? So does the thing plugged into the USB port. So those are just kind of tips that don't have anything to do with encryption. But tonight (laughs) we're going to learn how to encrypt this. So I'm going to plug this in to my computer here and let's see what happens uh here we go so i'm just plugging this into my laptop 
and no applications to open it, but there it is on my desktop. I'm going to just double click on it, and you'll see that I have a top secret Ooh. file in there. And within that top secret file, I've got something secret. <laughs> it could be anything, right? Mm-hmm. So now the process that we're going to use tonight is entirely destructive. So we're going to be starting with a drive that has nothing on it, essentially. Okay. Keeping in mind that if you've already got data on that drive, you need to move it off to more redundant storage so that we can now encrypt this. So the advantages to encrypting this file system essentially are you have to know the password in order to access it. Right. So. The advantage then, of course, being if somebody gets a hold of that data drive, they're not going to be able to open the files, but you will be. And we're not individually encrypting files and having to decrypt them, no. We're setting it up so that you just simply enter a password in order to mount it. Mm -hmm. And then you can access it just like any other USB drive. We ready to get into it? Sure are. All right, let's bring up our Linux terminal here. I'm using Ubuntu Mate. This will work on any flavor of Linux. And we're going to follow you know, steps that are generic to any Debian derivative operating system. Um, so that's Ubuntu, Debian, um, uh, of course, any de- Ubuntu like Ubuntu Mate or Ubuntu uh, Kubuntu or anything else. Uh, anything that is based on you know, Debian and has apt-get. That said, the steps will work just fine if you want to use yum as well, but you're going to have to substitute some commands, all right? Okay, so with that drive plugged in, watch what happens when I go ls slash dev sd star. You see how I've got sda and sdb? Okay, so that's two hard drives currently connected to my computer. If I unplug that drive from my computer, okay, because it's not mounted, so I can do that now, uh, and then do that same command, you'll notice... I do not have SDB anymore. Right. So, safe to say, I mean, really cheap and dirty trick to find out what the drive assignment is, but hey, that's SDB right there. So when I plug that in, if I can find the USB port, there we go. Help me out here. Okay, I'm going to just cancel out the GUI stuff, do an LS again, and you'll see SDB is in existence. Now, key point here, we are encrypting a partition on this drive. So not the whole drive. Not the drive as in a device. If you do encrypt the device, so that's slash dev slash SDB, you're not going to be able to access it. You're not going to be able to mount it, and the headers are going to be messed up. You can fix that by deleting everything and setting it back to unformatted in gpartEd or something like that, or fdisk. But we're going to save you the trouble by just telling you right off the bat, we've got to have a partition. This particular disk already has an SDB1, so we know that that is in in fact, the partition. But if you don't have a partition table on your disk, you can create one with your favorite partition editor, such as gpartEd. So the first thing I need to do is become root in Ubuntu. I'm going to type sudo su and enter my password. In Debian, I would just type su and hit enter. And that is spelled S-U for those of you who are just listening. So now that I am root, I'm going to type apt-get update. That just simply downloads all the latest packages from the repositories so that anything I install is going to be the latest and greatest. Then I'm going to go apt-get install, and we need that particular package that's going to allow us to do this. We're going to type crypt setup and then hit enter. My particular system already has crypt setup installed. You'll see this crypt setup already has uh, the newest version in 
Ubuntu. So you can run that command. Just make sure that you've got the latest version, and uh, you'll be good to go. So a couple of steps here. First of all, we need to actually make the drive, the partition, I should say, encrypted. We're going to use what's called LUKS, L-U-K-S. And it's all done through crypt setup and nice and simple if you follow these steps. So we know that we have dev slash sdb1. So that's what we want to, in fact, uh, encrypt. So the command in order to do this, uh, knowing that, is crypt setup dash dash. I'm going to do verbose first of all so that I can see the output here. Then I'm going to go dash dash verify dash pass phrase, what that does is it tells the system to ask me for the password twice, just in case I typo, because you don't want to mess that up. And then we're going to use 512-bit Luke's format, and it's a capital F, and then the device itself. Be very, very careful here, dev, sdb1. And I say be careful because this is entirely destructive. It's going to wipe anything that's on that disk and encrypt it on that partition, I should say. So if you accidentally put SDA1 and that's your main hard drive, you're going to destroy your entire world. All right? And that's where backups come in. So we're going to hit enter on that. And it says, it warns me, just like Robbie does, hey, are you sure you want to do this? And I need to type uppercase yes. Make sure you read that. It's irrevocable. Yes. I love how it says uppercase yes, but it's yeah. all lowercase. Well, it does that so that it, you actually have to think about it. Okay, enter your passphrase. I'm just going to enter a password here to use. And then there's that verify passphrase that asks for a second time. And now uh, cannot format. Okay, it is still in use. Let's make sure that it is not in use. Let's see what is causing that. It is mounted to Ubuntu, so I can eject that. Now, I could also, if it's mounted, because I, I really want to teach you this in the terminal, uh, let's do mount. And we can see now we can go mount and then pipe grep, and we're going to go sdb1. This is a better way to do it. And you see sdb1 is mounted on slash media slash Robbie slash USB 16 gigabytes. So let's see if I can just unmount that forcibly from here. I'm going to copy that to my clipboard, if I may. You may not be able to do that if you're in a true terminal. Uh, so I'm going to go U-mount and then paste that in. And it's gone. Okay, so now I should be able to run that command because if I run that grep again, notice it is no longer mounted to my file system. Okay, so nice to have these little issues come up so that I can show you what, hap what to do if, uh, if you encounter it. Okay, so then I've just cursored up to recreate that command and then I'm going to type yes enter my passphrase again. I've got to kind of start over here. And here we go. It's not going to take us much time. Done. Okay, so now that drive is an encrypted partition. It has nothing on it. It has no file system. It's not ready to go whatsoever. We can't even mount it. Um, what we need to do is we need to, in fact, mount it using the crypto cryptography uh, system. So first of all, I want to confirm that it worked. I know that it did, but let's just do crypt setup, and then we're going to do what's called a Luke's dump. And again, it includes a capital D, and then dev sdb1. Now, if things went well, you're going to see key slot zero is enabled. That means that my password is stored in the headers of that drive. Now, if I do a Luke's dump on sda1, you'll notice that dev sda1 is not a valid Luke's device. It's not encrypted. So I can see that sdb1 is encrypted. It has AES, 
Shaw two fifty six and it's all set. Five hundred twelve bits. It's good to go. So now, next step is to in fact open that device, and we need to do that through, of course, the decryption system. So I'm going to just jump into. Uh, you know what? I'm going to create. Um, how? What? What's the word? A mapper. Looking for the words in this noggin of mine. We're going to create a mapper to this drive. So now that it's encrypted, we can no longer just mount SDB1. Right. Because it's encrypted. We have to create a mapper so that we can then mount that decrypted mapper. Okay? Mm-hmm. I follow. Yeah? So let's, let's try it in kind of a test case. We're not going to set up a crypt tab or anything just yet. Um, so we're going to go crypt setup Luke's open with a capital O, surprise, and then dev slash SDB1, and we're going to call this, um, what do you want to call it, backup? Yes. Enter. Enter the passphrase for dev slash SDB1, because there is one. If you enter it correctly, it has created the mapper. So now, if I go ls dev mapper, I should now see one called backup. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. So I can now start using that. So watch this. Thinking of that mapper as now my decrypted version of the partition, I can format it. Mm-hmm. Okay? So now it's time to actually make this thing into something that's usable. What is going on? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Trying to do a show here. Chat room. What's going I've on in the chat room? I've for like the last 90 seconds. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, share. What are you guys doing, Joe? <laughs> I'm reading the chat room, so I I'm know exactly I'm trying to do a was. presentation here, chat room. Is it? It's live, live TV. <laughs> I'm so, Jeff is now nine years old. Uh, it's because I've got a son named Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Lyndon says, <laughs> let's make a map to find Luke's dump. <laughs> oh, 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 you're, you're going on and on about Luke's stuff, but I'm just a picture <laughs> his son's name is Luke. It didn't click until the chat room. <laughs> I'm out. dying over here as you're going on about Luke's dump, and I'm trying not to laugh. Oh my goodness, I'm crying. How many Lukes are watching this right now? Please comment below oh. as they're watching it on your phone. On the loop. On the loop. Oh, oh my goodness. It, I, you know, I normally can control myself. Not this time. <laughs> this time. And you kept cutting back to the mic, and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> trying not to die and i just i oh couldn't boy. do it <laughs> oh Lyndon, you're horrible <laughs> love it i'm wow. so happy that we're past <laughs> that point <laughs> i am gonna have to do another luke stump near the end of this <laughs> just to show you you're that. regularly <laughs> doing it <laughs> you guys are killing me oh my gosh <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this is the real show. This isn't even the bloopers real. Wow. Oh, oh, oh. oh my goodness. I am crying. <laughs> There's people in the chat room crying too. <laughs> we apologize to those of you who are just here to learn. I mean you, Luke. 
All right, are we ready? Oh, let's yes. do definitely this. not. Yes. Ready to make a file system? Do we understand where we're at? Yes. We've created a mapper, which is basically what would have normally been our slash dev slash SDB1 if right. it were not encrypted. Right. We've created that mapper so that we can now format it. Okay, so we're going to go make fs, just like you normally would, dot ext3, okay, because that's what I'm going to create this as, slash dev slash mapper slash backup. Okay, so now it's going to tell me, all right, it's just doing it. Doing it. That's going to take a little bit more time. You know, one of the things that I it's always kind of irked me a little bit about the terminal system is you never get that percentage. There's like it just sits there and it's thinking. Yeah, but you're like you look at a Windows long? percentage bar and it's going to tell you. You know. Oh, I know. It says like ten oh, minutes, ten percent left, two hundred hours. Yes, four minutes. I know, but just something to reference. Like I did an update on my system the other yeah. day. And it's just I'm waiting and waiting. It's, it gets to the point where you're going. Did my system freeze? Yeah, yeah. You know? So if you think it might have froze... Oh, there's a thing you can do. Robbie showed this. <laughs> there's, a, there's a thing. That's there's so technical. Sasha's going to explain it. There's a thing you can do. What you do is you call Robbie. Mm. No, no, <laughs> no. Bring up another terminal window, Jeff. Yeah. And type IO top to see what's using your, uh, your IO. Your inputs and outputs. Notice I'm not super user, so sudo io top instead. And that's going to show me what's currently using my file that. system. Cool, eh? So you see the top one is make, and it's going to come and go, but makefs.ext3. Right. And it's doing that, and it's using my IO. You see that popping up every now and again? So that tells me it's still that makefs.ext3 is doing stuff with the right. IO enough so that it's hitting top. Right. Love it. Okay. Took so that, the words right out of my mouth. Well, that answers your, you know, that problem of is it actually doing anything? Yeah. Yes. Now you know. Perfect. Now you know. Okay, so we're going to head over to the newsroom as this formats that dev mapper, and uh, when we come back uh, from the news, uh, we're going to learn how to actually use that encrypted file system because now it's the real deal, folks. It's a real encrypted file system using Luke's. You're horrible. I'm terrible. <laughs> Sasha, what have you got so for us lovely. today? Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Dubai is replacing a sizable number of their police force with robots. Bell Canada has been hacked, resulting in a large data breach of customer info. Nokia's 3310 dumb phone has been rebooted and is on sale now. New research has found that Yahoo Mail has been leaking private email attachments for years. And what happens when artificial intelligence is allowed to name paint colors? These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com, 
Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of May 24th, 2017. Dubai is constantly pushing the envelope for a smart city, and now a robotic police officer is making its rounds on city streets. The robot rolls around on wheels. It can salute, bow, speak in multiple languages, and recognize hand gestures from up to one and a half meters away. It also has a tablet lodged in its chest, which civilians can use to report crimes. It was designed by the Dubai police with assistance from IBM's Watson and Google. It's apparently not designed to deter serious crime, but to take over small tasks to improve overall happiness levels among city streets, according to the director of the Smart Services Department for the Dubai police. Think robots don't affect jobs? The department hopes to replace a full quarter of its forces with similar bots by 2030. Cool. I feel like there'd be some comments on that one. Uh, Questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, Jeff? I am biting my lip. Does he remind you of Pepper just a little bit? Like a taller, more authoritative Pepper? You know what? I don't hate this idea. I will tell... Well, you know me. But I don't hate this idea. Mm. I will say I would be worried about vandals. Coming up to the robot? Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's a federal offense. Hold on. So they've got a cop... That's a robot replacing real cops. And your concern is not the people that are being put out of work, but the crime that's going to happen against the robotic cop. You know how yin-yang we are right now? Yeah. I think I'm split down this is just a horrible, horrible idea. Do you know? Okay. Okay. Let's take away the idea that it's going to replace people. It's also going to free up some really horrible, like, time-consuming things that a robot could do that people don't have to worry about. But, okay, I, I can't imagine that this thing has got a top speed of more than 3, 4K a second. I mean, it's not like there's a lot of running K robots. K per second? Or 3K <laughs> per second? <laughs> you can't even see it go by, Jeff. You know, <laughs> I'm like the grammar police. Kilometers per hour. That's yeah. right. Thank okay. you for the catch. Um, like, they don't move that fast. So, thanks for calling Dubai Police. We're going to send our robotic cop out to you to help you cross the street. It'll be there in three hours. This is more for people who are concerned that somebody's like lawn isn't kept up you know how the people that call the bylaw officers like crazy if i I feel like robot show up at my place and say you must pull your weeds (laughs) i'm probably gonna vandalize it amazon needs to kind of couple with these folks and have them deliver packages and stuff at the same time i think this is the most robot delivery people i could see maybe as like a joke mall cop greeter thing where it's standing in one place like, can I, I direct know. you somewhere? Like, I can maybe see that. Maybe. But to actually roll this thing out as law enforcement is a complete joke. And what happens from a legal standpoint? Because uh, I'm sure there's cameras in the eyes that's going to mm. record all this stuff. Right. So what happens if you come up to it and 
report some sort of a crime or you do something that's wrong, where's the legal authority on what constitutes police contact? Like, this is going to have legal ramifications that lawyers are going to love. <laughs> right. I guess we'll have to see what is used for. What does it do? Right. Is it just a mall cop replacement? Right. I think that, it's ridiculous. You know, well, I, help yeah. Help people it's, with their bags? That's true. I, I love it, but I just, I love things like this. I mean, mm-hmm. I think... She's I, just like, it's so cute. I've wanted a robot to help me at my work for a long time. Have you not seen iRobot? Yeah. I don't think we're quite there yet, Jeff. We're not there yet. That was, that's fiction, Jeff. Okay, have you seen this RoboCop? Is, this is real world. <laughs> Has Dubai seen RoboCop? That's the question. <sighs> How creeped out are they going to be? I bugged my boss so much about wanting a robot that he hired me a real human. Aw, that's nice. So you think it's a real human. You know, <laughs> the day really they bring a robot into your office, yeah, I'm going to see how you feel about robots. Hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Right? Someone needs to dust the robots. They can dust themselves. Have you not seen Wally? They move at three to four kilometers per second. <laughs> no dust is landing on those guys. Oh, moving on. Ad- amidst the noise of the WannaCry attack, Canada's largest telecom company, Bell Canada, had two million of its customer records stolen by unknown hackers. Bell said it was work. It is working with Canadian police to find out who was responsible for the disclosure of the customer email addresses and phone numbers. All that's needed for a massive phishing scam. The names were also obtained for about 1,700 of their customers. Bell Canada said in a brief statement, there is no indication that any financial, password, or other sensitive personal information was accessed. Serving around 21 million customers in the Great White North, Bell Canada offers both fixed line and wireless phone service, as well as internet and television. The carrier reported revenues of $5.38 billion Canadian in their last fiscal quarter. Bell Canada, Bell Canada did not say whether the customer details stolen in the attack were pulled from a specific service. The Canadian Privacy Commissioner's Office has said it is also gathering data about the hack. Wow. The rebooted Nokia 3310 has gone on sale nearly 17 years after the original made its debut. The phone, which has a 2-megapixel camera and relies on 2.5G connectivity to offer only limited internet access, is being sold for about 50 euros. Part of the nostalgia is found in the being able to leave your charger at home. The battery in the reimagined 3310 offers up to 22 hours of talk time and up to a month in standby mode. One expert said its success is dependent it its success depended on how much people would be willing to pay for a device that oozes nostalgia. Ben Wood from technology consultancy CCS Insight is personally excited about the 3310's return, but says if you put this in the hands of a millennial who's addicted to Snapchat, of course it's the wrong phone. I feel like it's the right phone for anybody who wants to wean themselves off of smartphones and back into, like, real life. What about, um, so. like, <clears throat> I don't like to be connected all the time. Right. Right? And I'm sure there are still people that are like me that are a little bit on the I retro would, side that way. I would like that. I mean, I know it, it bothers it bothers Dave, especially, sure. we'll say, when I'm, like, checking my phone and checking my Facebook feed and things when really I should be, like 
really engaged in conversation. Sure. Right? Yeah. But it's an addiction. Smartphones, like you tend to be like this because you've got Facebook, you've got everything, right. you've got email, you've got everything. I would gladly. So the kids, pay as you go, here you go, you can call if there's an emergency, that's what phones are about. Right. You I would to have a computer I in your pocket all the time. I would gladly buy one of these and get myself mm. unhooked, right? You can still contact me if you need you me. You heard it here. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Emergency phone in the glove box. Perfect. Nobody else find it intriguing that this is a tech show and we've got two of you talking about giving up tech? It's consum- I love tech when it's used properly, but it, it sometimes tech is That's abused. True. I like tech that minimizes the problems in my life. I don't like tech that enhances them, right? So now if I'm on my phone and I'm doing this, at first I have bad posture and I'm not paying attention to the outside world. I work for a chiropractor. Bad posture is a big deal. Mm. And I'm missing out on things. And for Absolutely. some reason, I super care what everybody on Facebook is doing. Like, I super care. I care, like, at least four times an hour. That's how much I care. That's ridiculous. I would like it. I, I can't just disable the app, evidently. I would like a phone that doesn't have yes, it. Yes, you can. No. I cannot. <laughs> she can't emotionally can't handle can't emotionally. That. Oh, I am the kind of person, like, I, I don't judge others for it, but... I am not the person who wants to be in line at the coffee shop with a phone to his ear because I'm not that important. Right. I've said that before. I'm not a doctor. I don't, I'm not on emergency call. People can reach me at my office or at my home if they need me. And if I'm in between, you don't need to get me right then and there. I can call you back. See, Leave me a voicemail. I, I am constantly dealing with work emails and attachments. Sure. And, and I need to different. pull up like Excel files and stuff. So for me, the idea of switching over to this... Uh, I couldn't do it. This is the first time we've been on the opposite sides of the robot thing. This isn't robots. It's sort of. Yeah. No. It sort of is. Tech. There's a little fuzzy middle in here. Yes. This is not black and white, but this is a robot situation, and you like it. One of the stories we just can't agree, Sasha. (laughs) For years, Yahoo Mail has exposed a wealth of private user data because it failed to update widely used image processing software that contained critical vulnerabilities. That's according to a security researcher who warned that other popular services are also likely to be leaking sensitive subscriber secrets. Chris Evans, the researcher who discovered the vulnerabilities and reported them privately to Yahoo engineers has dubbed them Yahoo Bleed. Because of the vulnerabilities caused the site to bleed content stored in server memory. The easy-to-exploit flaws resided in ImageMagick, an image processing library that's supported by PHP, Ruby, Ruby, Node.js, Python, and about a dozen other programming languages. One version of Yahoo Bleed was the result of Yahoo failing to install a critical patch released in January 2015. A second Yahoo Bleed vulnerability was the result of a bug that ImageMagick developers fixed only recently after having received after receiving a private report from Evans. The vulnerability discovered by Evans could be exploited by emailing a maliciously manipulated image file to a Yahoo mail address. After opening the 18-byte file, chunks of Yahoo server memory began leaking to the end user. Evans called this version of the attack Yahoo Bleed 1. Yahoo Bleed 2 worked by exploiting the vulnerability fixed in January 2015. Together, the bugs allowed attackers to obtain browser cookies, authentication tokens, and private image attachments belonging to Yahoo Mail users. Despite 
Yahoo allowing one of the bugs to remain unpatched for 28 months. Evans praised company engineers for their speed and thoroughness in responding to his private report. Rather than patch image magic, Evans said Yahoo opted to stop using the library, a move he applauded. Over the past 18 months, the app has come under increased criticism for harboring critical vulnerabilities, which in the past have threatened Facebook users, among others. Evans warned that other widely used web services are still likely vulnerable. Ever wonder where they get the strange names for paint colors? It could be worse. It could be up to AI. Researchers, research scientist and neural network goofball Janelle Shane decided to train a neural network to generate new paint colors, complete with appropriate names. The results are possibly the greatest work of artificial intelligence I've ever seen to date. Shane wrote on her Tumblr, For this experiment, I gave the neural network a list of about 7,700 Sherwin-Williams paint colors along with their R gigabytes values. Could the neural network learn Sorry, to... Sorry, that's RGB. That's our pr teleprompter doing that. It's RGB. Anytime uh, you say R gigabytes, uh, just know. It's, it's RGB? Teleprompter. Yeah. Oh, oopsie. That's my mistake, not yours. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering. I'm like, there's a gigabyte value? Sometimes our teleprompter page? will convert GB to gigabyte. Line oh, off, right? Okay. So and when I read that, RGB, it's funny. When I wrote, yeah. I read it earlier, I was like, I wonder if Robbie will explain what that is to me. Mm, but there you go. There you go. It's so not, it mind. doesn't exist. Keep that in mind and I okay. So <laughs> to learn and invent new paint colors and give them attractive names. Shane was able to get the algorithm to recognize some basic colors like red and gray, though not reliably, because she also gets a sky blue called gray pubic. <laughs> oh my goodness. And a dark green called stoomy brown. In the end, she concludes, one, the neural network really likes beige, brown, and gray. Two, the neural network has really, really bad ideas for paint names. Possibly the neural network needed better parameters, but really who can argue with results like Snowbonk, Bunflow, Bankbutt, Dorkwood, and Turdly. Luke Stump. <laughs> Luke Stump. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 505. And we're having a great time tonight learning about how to encrypt this USB flash drive. Now, it's all done, and you'll see that uh, that simply returned to the, uh, the prompt. So now, Jeff, um, if I type sudo... Uh, oh, I don't need sudo because I am root right now. But if I do iotop, note that makefs.ext3 is no longer going to show up there because right. it's finished, right? It's not doing anything anymore. And so the I.O. is finished uh, being used by that application. So now we have that drive encrypted and formatted as ext3. Let's bring it up in our GUI because that may be why, uh, how we're going to access that uh, moving forward. So I'm just going to go home folder and then I'm going to click on to, uh, you know what I want to do? Uh, devices in my 15 gig. Let's unmount that because I think I've got it mounted. Ah, there we go. Okay, so you notice now that I click on the 15 gigabyte volume, which is a 16 gig flash drive. It says authentication is required. 
Uh, oh, it's looking to lock. I think it's unlocked because I previously set it up. Let's see what happens here. Okay. Let's take it from scratch. Uh -huh. Okay. No software needed. I just ejected it and going to plug it back in. Let's see what happens. Sometimes your session will memorize the password. So, all right. Click on it. That's what we're looking for. Enter a passphrase to do what? Unlock the volume. So you notice I can't even access it unless I know the password. I'm going to enter some gibberish. And we're going to say forget password immediately and connect. And you'll notice... Nothing's there. Oh. Went nowhere. And then it says error unlocking dev slash sdb1. No key available with this passphrase. Incidentally, that's the same error message that you're going to receive if you've accidentally uh, created the volume on the device. So SDB versus right. SDB1. Right. So keep that in mind. If you're seeing that error message and you know you've got the password right, maybe you did it on the block device rather than the partition. So let's try it with the real password. I'm going to click on it again, and I'm going to type in my password here, and I'm going to go forget password immediately because I don't want my computer to remember it. Connect. Did I type it right? There, there we go. Sweet. Mistyped it the first time. So now I've got a completely empty ext3 file system. So you'll see that uh, that is now accessible on this computer. So on next week's episode, we're going to learn a couple more things. We're going to learn now because it is a read-only file system. I don't have access to it as this user. It's not read-only, pardon me. It's owned by root. So only root can now write to that file system. Uh, we may want to make it so that our user can actually access that drive. We're going to look at that next week, and we're going to look at how to make it so that my computer and my computer alone can open that drive without a password anytime I pop that in. Okay. And I'm talking oh. not just... Uh, not just from the GUI, so of course I could say remember forever. Sure, that's the GUI. I want to think about things like a server where I only have SSH access, for example, or I only have a terminal. I don't have a GUI, so how do we do that? We're going to learn about creating a crypt tab. We're going to learn how to actually mount that device through our FS tab and decrypt it automatically using a key file. So that's going to all happen next week on episode 506. So if you've enjoyed learning about how to create this volume, uh, we're going to learn how to take it one step further and make it into the perfect back backup set so that we can start throwing our files on it and then when we eject it it's no longer going to be accessible on other computers cool now in the chat room uh the fu says that uh, luke supports eight passphrase slots that's correct yes. so you can have multiple passphrases i know what you're doing i what? know what you're doing i'm just relaying what's in the room what am oh, i doing i know i know i know what the foo is doing uh-oh what did I, what did I do? Did I open a can of worms? No, Jeff. No, Jeff. Crypt setup. Luke's dump. <laughs> Dev SDB1. And now I can show you that we have eight key slots. You are correct. <laughs> the food. <laughs> Well I love played. this show. Well played. I well love played. this show. There we are. <laughs> I am so done. I'm just like done. I, I pretty well kept Have it. Have you missed this, Jeff? Uh, yeah. The funniest <laughs> encryption tutorial on YouTube to date. <laughs>
That's all the time that we've got, folks. <laughs> Sorry we wasted so much of it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to learn more about this encrypted volume, how we can work with it, and then use it for our backups. So we'll see you next week. I'm pretty sure I'm getting fired. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't pay you. <laughs> good night. See ya. <laughs> 